Thank you for tuning in to the Far Better Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we seek to please God now, so our eternity is far better. Here is your host, Michael Clark. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Far Better Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Clark. I'm grateful that you're taking some time to sit down with me as we're talking about suffering. No matter what you're doing today, whether you're on your way to work or you're cleaning the house or whatever it is, I'm thankful that you've chosen to study the Bible. I'm grateful for the Scattered Abroad Network, for all of the people that are on this podcast umbrella that we call it, and all of the work that we're trying to do to help preach the gospel. And I hope and pray that it's been beneficial to you. We have podcasts and content every day of the week. There, there's never a day during the seasons that we run where there's not content. Now, I know during the summertime, we, we kind of shut some things down for a little while, and we had people take a break, but we still had summer content, too. And I'm thankful to Caleb and all of the other hosts that we have on the Scattered Abroad Network, the people who work behind the scenes, the people who are constantly trying to put the gospel out as best and as quickly as possible. Don't forget, you can check the show notes and you can find all of our links that we've talked about for uh, for this podcast and the podcast previous uh, as far as our social media links that you can follow to follow the Scatter the Broad Network on all things social media, including our email address. And if you ever have a question or an episode request that you'd like to make, shoot it my way. You know, you can ask any host to cover a specific topic and I believe within reason, we'd be more than happy to accommodate that. I mentioned last week that we were going to talk about how to handle suffering today. There's really a couple of ways to do this, and it's it's kind of a, might be a little bit of a shorter podcast today because the answers are pretty simple, but we'll see what happens. I mean, it's two minutes in. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens here, but let's talk about the first place from the perspective of trying your faith. You know why Job suffered, right? You, you know the, the exact reason Job dealt with suffering was not because he was a bad man. It wasn't because that he had stopped serving the Lord and therefore he was going to suffer as a result of that. In fact, you know, the odd thing is The people that we see in life that aren't suffering, it seems at least, are the ones that are living some of the most wicked lives. A lot of of times they make the most money, have the most influence, are the most popular, and yet all the while here we are trying to serve the Lord and, and maybe you have a hard time making a dollar. Maybe you have a hard time making ends meet and Nobody knows who you are. Nobody really cares who we are. It's the people who suffer a lot of times that we see that are some of the most godly. Now, let me make sure to clarify this and say this as well. That's not to say that people that are outside of the body of Christ don't suffer. I've seen countless social media posts countless social media accounts of little children 
diagnosed with cancer and their parents are striving to find a cure and hoping that they can have that child go into remission and sometimes they don't. Why did that family have to go through that? Well, really, the question should be, why should any family have to? And we've answered that. We've, we've talked about the consequences of sin are far-reaching. It's kind of a domino effect, if you will. And You think about a, a car accident that might happen. A, let's say it's a, a pile-up, as they call it. How does a pile-up happen? One car hits a car in such a fashion that other cars will hit it and other cars that didn't even have anything to do with the first two that hit are now suffering the consequences because of someone's actions. Sin and the consequences of sin, that's exactly how that works. Sometimes you do nothing wrong and you still get diagnosed with something. Your loved one does nothing wrong and they still get diagnosed with something. But it hurts, doesn't it? When we talk about the trying of our faith, when I went to the Memphis School of Preaching, one of our class assignments was that we had to memorize the book of James. Now, I don't think Brother Mosier, who taught me, is listening to this, but maybe some people who had that class are listening to this, and maybe you can agree, maybe you disagree, I don't know. I don't remember the book of James quite like I did when I went through school. You know, I I memorized it, I passed my tests, I was able to do that, but I don't I don't have the entire book like I once did. But I do know the first couple verses still. And I wish there was a way to prove that to you because you're just probably going to think that I'm reading it because let's be honest, even though I know it and I can quote it, I'm just going to read it because I have it right in front of me anyway. But in James chapter 1, he starts in verse 2 and says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Suffering is a temptation. Suffering is one of the greatest tools that the devil has ever utilized to convince people to deny the Lord and focus on self. But when we suffer, according to this, we can count it as a joy. How? Well, we have an opportunity to overcome what has been set before us, to stumble, to make us fall. One of my favorite instructors, I loved all of my instructors, but sometimes you have a bond with some instructors that you have that's a little closer, and it helps that I knew this man all of my life. Brother Don Walker means so much to my family, means so much to me, all of the things that I was able to accomplish and have been able to accomplish in a large part from a writing perspective. I put at the feet of Don Walker, he really helped mold me into the writer that I am today. Maybe you don't like my writing style. I don't, I don't know, but I appreciate Don Walker so much. 
Unfortunately, he passed on to his reward a little over a year and a half ago. I think about one of the things that he told us in school when we were having a particularly hard quarter. That was mostly his doing, but he would say, Brothers, you have an opportunity to abound and overcome what is set before you. And in the moment hearing that, I look at it from the idea of, I could abound a lot easier if you didn't set all this stuff before me. But those papers and those quizzes and the tests and all the things that he gave us, I look back now and realize they were nothing compared to some of the trials and tribulations I've had to face. And now when I see a trial come my way, I say this in my head because he he basically beat it into my skull while I was in school. I have an opportunity to abound. One of his other favorite sayings was that, oh man, I'm going to butcher it too. Let's see, it was, it was something along the lines of, you're on a gravy train with biscuit wheels. Life doesn't get any easier than this. Boy, he was right. You know, we all thought 2020 was going to be trying enough, didn't we? Has 2021 gotten any better? Are we really? We really any better? Man, I think I'm wrong, actually. I think it's been... I think it's been two years now since he passed away. That's crazy to think. Because I remember talking to my dad about the time that he passed, and I said, Dad, I just don't... I just can't wait for the year to change and for this stuff to be over with and be done and be be better. Dad said, is the next year really going to be better? Suffering is all around us. And life doesn't get better just because we want it to. The devil knows that people suffering are going to be more inclined to stumble, to say, you know what, yeah, because I'm dealing with all of this, I am going to do X, Y, or Z, 100%. How do you handle suffering from the trying of your faith? You count it as a joy that you have an opportunity to abound. Well, what about when bad things happen? We've, We've touched on this, but... C.S. Lewis, very famous Christian author in the idea of writing religious literature, a man who had quite a lot to say on the idea and topic of suffering, he wrote a book called The Problem of Pain. And in that book, he deals with divine omnipotence in chapter 2. I want you to notice what he says on the impossible. Omnipotence means power to do all or everything. And we are told in Scripture that with God all things are possible. 
It is common enough in argument with an unbeliever to be told that God, if he existed and were good, would do this or that. And then if we point out that the proposed action is impossible to be met with a retort, but I thought God was supposed to be able to do anything. And this raises the whole question of impossibility. In ordinary usage, the word impossible generally implies a suppressed clause beginning with the word unless. Thus, he says, it is impossible for me to see the street from where I sit writing at this moment. That is, it is impossible to see the street unless I go up to the top floor where I shall be high enough to overlook the intervening building. If I had broken my leg, I should say, but it is impossible to go up to the top floor, meaning, however, that it is impossible unless some friends turn up who will carry me. Now let us advance to a different plane of impossibility by saying, it is at any rate impossible to see the street so long as I remain where I am and the intervening building remains where it is. And he goes on to say this, if you choose to say God can give a creature free will and at the same time withhold free will from it, you've not succeeded in saying anything about God. Meaningless combinations of words do not suddenly acquire meaning simply because we prefix them with two, the two other words, God can. It remains true that all things are possible with God. The intrinsic impossibilities are nothing but non-entities. It is no more possible for God than for the weakest of his creatures to carry out both of two mutually exclusive alternatives. Not because his power meets an obstacle, but because nonsense remains nonsense even when we talk about God. Let that, think, let that sink in for a moment here. Nonsense remains nonsense even when we talk about God. Some have asked, where was God when Columbine happened? When 9-11 happened, where was God when, and then you just fill in the blank, latest and greatest tragedies that have happened in our lifetime? I know where he was. And ultimately, you can too. If you believe that God is real, if you say, where was God when this happened? then I need to be able to tell you that I can tell you where he was because God witnessed other tragedies and nothing was done. But in truth, we, we talk about the innocent lives that are lost in an event that has to do with a tragedy, but I think we all would agree, doesn't it hurt us more? Not that lives that are older aren't precious, but you got to understand what I'm about to say here. Don't you have an even bigger pit in your stomach when you find out that a, an elementary school has been shot up? And you hear about a child who's just two or three years old that got hit by a car accidentally or fell down a flight of stairs and, and didn't make it. or 
hit their head in the pool. I mean, I could go on, but what what's the purpose of going on and making us all feel sad? We seem to hurt a little bit more when those happen because we look at those children as they've done nothing wrong at all. With adults, we don't know that they are completely innocent. We know that they didn't deserve to die the way that they did, but we don't, we don't know. Maybe in some of these cases, some bad people were taken care of. That doesn't make it right what happened. But I've never heard somebody ever say, well, yeah, well, you know these kids, it, kids are going to die anyway. Because they've done nothing wrong. All they did was get up and go to school. Or wake up one day ready to play and have fun, and that was the last day of their life. They had no idea. So where was God when they died? Years ago, someone was asked, a minister whose daughter fell into the fireplace and succumbed to the injuries of the fire, and she passed away. He's a preacher. And one of the church members said, How could God do this to you? And his reply was, God didn't do it. Sin did. Not that his daughter was in sin or that his daughter was a horrible person and got what she deserved, but that what we've talked about the last several weeks, that sin brought suffering into the world, and that's why his daughter could even possibly die. But we have a remedy. Where was God when Jesus died on the cross? By what the Scriptures teach, Jesus did nothing wrong. Why didn't God stop them then? Suffering and tragedy, they exist because of sin. And one of my best friends in the whole wide world, Tate Sutton, said the following on Facebook in 2018. Don't blame God for the things that the devil does to you. I know that's not a a Tate Sutton original. But boy, if that doesn't hit the nail on the head. We have to stop putting suffering at the Lord's feet. He didn't do it. He hasn't caused it. I'm thankful that you've chosen to sit with me or do the dishes or whatever else that you might have been doing. And I know suffering's not the most exciting thing to talk about. But we need to talk about it more. We've got to. I'm thankful that you tuned in today for another episode of the Far Better Podcast. Don't forget, check the show notes. Tune in next week for another episode, but as well as every other day of the week for all the content that we produce and all of our hosts and By the way, as we're talking about suffering this season, if you haven't listened to our summer season episode with Steve Higginbotham on the topic of suffering, I would greatly encourage you to go do that. We talked about a lot of good things in that hour and a half plus that we discussed that topic. And I think it would be beneficial to you to take a moment and listen to that. I hope you have a great week. 
Until next week, let's please God now so that our eternity can be far better. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ, even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.